0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. I'm your host as always, Jan Roos, and I am here today with an episode about how to beat procrastination for you, your staff, and your clients. So this was something that I'd referenced the other week in our podcast about the fear of success, and I was kind of on the fence about Uh, whether it was necessary to make this podcast. But in the last uh, little bit, we've actually seen that this is a little bit less um, of a known solution to an issue uh dealing with procrastination, dealing with the fear of failure, which I really think undercuts a lot of this stuff. So um just to kind of bring you guys into the world of case fuel, uh, we had five webinars that were launched for clients uh, this last week or scheduled for launches last week and we only ended up getting two of them on time. So I wanted to think and say what why, really why is that? Why did that happen? So um in a nutshell, you know, procrastination led to most of these situations, but you know, obviously this wasn't an issue for a couple of the clients. They all had kind of the same resources. But uh, we're kind of looking into why this happened, me and my customer success manager. So uh, basically, wanted to kind of dig into this. So a little bit of background. Um, I am a recovering perfectionist and also like a really, really hardcore rationalizer. And I've basically had to deal with this my entire life. So um, I still deal with it from time to time. It kind of creeps up and rears its ugly head. So it's something that I've had to deal with my entire life. But um, you know, because of my ongoing struggles, I've had to really learn how to understand that every single time it comes back. And I've had to understand it from a lot of different angles. And it's kind of cool because on the on the end of it, I've I've kind of ended up creating these systems that I've used not only for myself, but for my staff and ultimately for clients as well. So um it's kind of cool because basically, you know, you can get this in um you know, basically any business you have these moments where it's it's lead a horse to water and you can't make it drink. So I really hope that in addition to kind of helping you understand this for yourself, uh, this can hopefully be a toolbox for you and your staff and your clients next time you end up having one of those situations. So um, the first one, so basically a lot of procrastination boils down to the fear of failure. So first of all, I think fear of failure is one of those things that it's, it's easy to kind of say, yeah, that's not really me. Right. You know, no one's saying you're scared, but like, you know, you're obviously, you know, you're, you're a big, tough entrepreneur, you're a lawyer, all that kind of stuff. You've dealt with fear in the past, but it's really not about a direct fear. Um, in my book, it's really more about losing an idealized outcome that's very comfortable to go back to in your head. So if you've been kind of paying attention to these solo pods, I I mentioned dopamine a lot. And dopamine is is the happy chemical in your brain, and you really get it. Your brain will trigger the release of dopamine when you have an anticipated outcome that's positive in the future. So you know one of the really great ways to short circuit this is to think about something that you're about to do and feel good about how good it's going to be when it plays out. So you know, if you can think of the example of running a marketing campaign or a webinar like these clients were, you know, they're thinking about, oh wow, it's gonna be so good. We're gonna you know open up the calendar. We're gonna be booked, you know, <laughs> booked sun uh, you know sunrise to sunset. And then you know, I'm already counting the uh, <laughs> I'm already counting the money in my checking account. But again, it's like you know, try paying your office rent on those dreams next time, and let me see how it goes. So you're able to feel just as good from thinking about the outcome as you are to dealing with the reality. But the issue is that the reality has a lot of warts that can come out. So basically, you know, we want to postpone uh, the having to deal with those issues. And that's, really, that's it's really the idea of what we're going to kind of go to in, in, in order to address this stuff. So you can kind of think about it in, in some ways, you know, there may be very specific issues that you want to deal with. But there also might just be a generalized idea of, you know, what's going to what's going to happen if if this doesn't end out the right way. So we're going to kind of go to a couple different strategies that you can use to deal with that. So the first strategy is to name them. So um, this is something that I actually took from Tim Ferriss, a super great author. He refers to this practice as fear setting. So a lot of the times, too, this is really helpful for people that are rationalizers out there, myself included. So you kind of have this very generalized thing. You don't really want to say, hey, this is something I'm scared of, but you also don't want to really put things into words. But again, that also happens to be one of the things that ends up killing these. So you really want to just take down um, the, that negative nebulous feeling that you don't want to go to and just get it down into something concrete, right? Right. So I, I do this still from time to time, you know, literally I'll sit down with a blank sheet of paper and a journal or whatever and then just bullet out everything that you have that might be bothering you and just kind of try to go free form with it. Um, and then, you know, you take some time and then you'll end up with a list of these things that might be bugging you or might be problematic to deal with in the future. But the thing is that once you have everything down you're able to kind of think about contingencies. And I'm actually just going to go into a little quick, uh, quick sidebar. So this is a conversation that came up the other day with me and, uh, and an employee. But basically, there's this whole concept of um, – I heard this. I'm, I'm trying to figure out where. I might have been a Zig Ziglar or one of these you know old-school personal growth guys. But there's actually the real principle of um, – lion taming so if you ever think about the old school you know circus lion tamers you've got the the guy with the whip and he's also got the chair uh, he's got the chair right and you know you're able to keep this giant lion that could tear you to shreds at bay with a chair but the whole principle between that is that um like as the apex predators, lions have very, very specific vision and they can hone in on things and see something in the grass that you know from miles away that you might not be able to see otherwise. They're very, very well-developed. But the thing is that because it's so well-developed that um, they can't really deal with more than one thing at the same time. So the reason the chair works is because they're looking at one leg of the chair, the other leg of the chair, the other leg of the chair, and they keep switching and it prevents them from actually moving forward uh, from any of those things. So that's why the the lion's never going to charge you when you have the chair up front in theory, right? And I don't actually know if this is true. Um, Don't uh, go... Go into the African Savannah and uh, (laughs) tell people that I gave you endorsement to that because I don't actually know. But as a metaphor, it's pretty useful, especially for this procrastination stuff, right? So um, basically... Now that you have everything written down, it kind of allows you to attack each thing one after another. And the thing is that you might either consciously or subconsciously have been switching through these potential negative outcomes that that have been out. But now that you have them down on paper, now you deal with them one at a time. So ninety nine times out of one hundred, you know, once you have these things out there, it's going to be less scary than the reality of, you know, or it's gonna be less scarier than like, you know, this, this idea of, of what if it doesn't work. And then the other thing too, is that you can think about contingency for, uh, contingencies for it. And then, you know, once you have an idea, okay, here's my plan B if this goes wrong, and this is my plan B for all these different things that could potentially go wrong, then all of a sudden you'll probably find yourself not avoiding that task anymore. And that's, you know, that, that will be evidence that this process works on some level, right? Okay, the second thing too, is you wanna lower the stakes. So if it's really a life or death situation, you're not going to want to contemplate the negative outcome, which is death. (laughs) So in practice, it's really easier to move on stuff when you don't have all your eggs in one basket. And again, it's like if you've gotten yourself into a bad position, um, this is just one of those those situations where it's obviously better not to get in that bad position. But I'll kind of show you how that's connected with the whole problem of procrastination as a whole. So ironically, chronically procrastinating on stuff often forces you to have all of your eggs in one basket. So if you think about it, if there's a person, uh, you know, let's just say you know, another law firm owner, they can launch a new marketing initiative every day. And again, that's ridiculous. No one would do that. But in theory versus somebody who would launch a marketing initiative every year, then that other person's going to have a lot more irons in the fire. And again, I'm, I'm just using this as an example, but um, basically when you have something that takes forever to get things going, you don't really have a lot of options to work with. Um, or and this is something we see super commonly. A lot of the times, people like to procrastinate on stuff that will lead to billing more from your clients, right? So if you get to the point where you've been doing this for a month, six months, a year, you actually might be in more of a you know desperate situation cash flow wise than you would be otherwise. So those are kind of two ways that procrastination can lead you to the being the point where you know your eggs might be more in one basket than you'd like. So basically, you know, it's worth keeping the habit of avoiding procrastination because it's actually going to make the stakes lower in the future, right? So basically you keep this positive momentum. You can launch things a little bit quicker. And again, you're not going to go from a year to a day. It's probably not advisable to <laughs> launch something new every single day, but, uh, basically, you know, you're, if you procrastinate more, you, you might find yourself in these life or death situations a little bit more frequently. And next time, if you do, and that happens to be you right now, or it happens to be you in the near future next time, you know, I want to just, you know, take a note and make a promise yourself, you know, let's look at the, the conditions that might have led to us being in these, these, this desperate dire straight situation, and then just make a note of here, we're going to commit to procrastinating and not make sure that we're in this situation again. Okay. And the last one, and this is kind of, um, both, well, it's the, it's the simplest, but it's definitely, uh, not the easiest, right. And that's getting used to improvising. And this is something that I've seen a lot in the most successful law practice owners that I've had the fortune of working with. And basically you see these people making decisions a lot faster and having a better attitude about a lot of this stuff because they're genuinely not worried about the negatives, right? So this isn't about just kind of rushing into stuff being foolhardy because they really wouldn't be successful if they, if that was the strategy, right? Like they've Gotten to the point where they've gone through the fire a bunch of times and they're successful. So it kind of gives you evidence as to this strategy sort of working. But basically, you know, my theory on this is that, you know, you at some point in business, you get to the point where things have gone wrong so many times and they've figured out a way to dig themselves out of the hole so many times that the fear of getting in the hole doesn't matter anymore. You know, they know that they've got the shovel, they can dig themselves out every single time. But here's the catch is that, you know, you don't really have the confidence in being able to do that unless you've gotten in the hole a bunch of times. Right. And the way that you do that, again, not to sound like a broken record, but it's by not procrastinating. So you'll tend to see this with the law firm owners that are further in the career. But every once in a while. You'll see somebody who's a lot earlier. Um, We actually have a client we recently started working with. This guy's 29. He is fantastic. And he's able to move fast on stuff and do really, really well for himself. But again, that's not something I'd expect for most people that are 39 or 49 sometimes. But um, it really doesn't have to be about the time that you've spent in the game. It's times that you've gotten in that hole and dug yourself out, right? So there's kind of an old quote that relates to this. It's that the master has failed more times than the beginner has ever tried. So again, like I said, it might be 10, 20, 30 years before most people get to this, but if you really, really want to lean into the fear, you can get there in less time. But you know, that's the reason it's so rare in practice is because leaning to the fear sucks. It's hard, right? But again, once you get through that, it's really rare to see people going back. You don't see people. It's like you generally, you'll see that the most experienced, the most successful business owners will generally make a decision and move forward and procrastinate the least and it's very rare to see somebody go back to that. So I, I really kind of think of this as, as sort of an evolution that every business owner goes through. Um, but again, it's like, this is kind of the principle of why it happens. And again, this is, this is the end goal. This is where you want to get, but um, you know, this is again, <laughs> it's the best version, but it's the hardest at the same time. So. Those are kind of three things to deal with the fear of failure. But I also wanted to mention something, which, which is another really big fear. So again, this is something that is going to be more useful. Obviously, the last three have, have been more about leading yourself. But this last one is about leading your staff and actually leading your clients as well. So, you know, uh, it's not very natural for most people to go, you know, life coach rah-rah on your, co- <laughs> on your, on your employees and your clients, certainly. But, you know, there's kind of a, another huge invisible objection to procrastinating on, on, on stuff, and that's not knowing what the next step is. So um, time for a quick story. So, you know, since the beginning, we've always been doing lead generation for law firms. And, you know, best case scenario, you have somebody pick up the phone right away. But, you know, even the biggest firm are going to get to the point where they're missing calls or they have somebody who fills out a form as opposed to calling, et cetera. So basically everyone's going to find themselves in a position where let's say, you know, you or your assistant have five people that you need to call back. And in practice, we see people procrastinating on this a lot. It's very easy to procrastinate on because basically anything that we mentioned above is a reason not to do it. But something else that we kind of introduced that made a huge difference to helping this was answering the question, you know, what do I do next? So there's a lot that's like wrapped into that. So if we kind of take this same example again, your your thing is you have five phone numbers, you got five names and you have to call people, right? And there's people who see that as a task or generally, you know, more extroverted people. If you have experience in outbound sales or working in a call center or something like that, that's really, really easy. That's just like, Hey, look, you know, it's like taking out the trash. But again, you know, for a lot of people, especially if they're new to this, it's, it's not like ordering, you know, it's not like taking out the trash, right? There's a lot of ways that you can potentially mess it up and you know this is this is something that's invisible or you know sometimes it's it's unconscious sometimes it's conscious but the fear of you know what if i say the wrong thing and i lose a potential client you know you know that that client's going to be very real billing if you have you know transactional practice you know what if that's a million dollar client if you're uh, if you're a personal injury practice right so it's better to wait until you know what to say and that's uh, <laughs> you know that's that's kind of the voice that people say in their head and again it'll probably get to the end of the day And now you haven't called any of those five people. And now those things are are five days old or or day old. And you have the guilt on top of all the reasons that you had not to call them yesterday. So in practice, this just ends up snowballing. It's really, really a bad situation. So the way that we ended up solving this for our clients was just providing specific scripts on what to say. So again, taking that question, what do I do next? Making it explicit so that there's no doubt of what to do. And this is the thing, too, because if you are genuinely worried about messing it up, you know, for most people, especially if you think about this, you know, the assistant in this situation, they can say, hey, look, you know, uh, we, moved, we I moved forward on it. It didn't work out. But again, it wasn't my fault that it didn't work out. I did exactly what you told me to do. Right. So, um, again, did this eliminate procrastinating on following up with leads entirely? No, but, you know, it probably cut down 80% of the leads that we ended up seeing go to waste. So, okay, I mean, overall, the, the 20% of people that still ended up procrastinating with having everything in place and basically having it colored by numbers are the people who were going to get in their own way regardless. Or, you know, there was the problem staff members who just didn't really care to follow up and rather would just clock out at five. They don't really care whether the business is successful or not. But that is the topic for another podcast. But, you know, for the rest of the people um, out there, it's like there's not any glaring issues with people's mindset. It's a fear of not knowing what to do, which I think is a rational fear. So let's kind of think about this in the broader context, right? Think about this for your clients. So, you know, maybe you have somebody who owes you something that allows you to move forward on a matter. Maybe they owe you the signed papers and the check for, for working with you. But think about this. What are they asking themselves? What is the situation there where they're going to say, what do I do next? Right? So maybe they're not signing with you to do their estate because they don't know who they should select as the guardian of their children. You know, what could you do to make that process easier to do so they can move forward? You know, ultimately, this is the kind of thing that's going to help you close more business and you know get more money in your pocket. But at the same time, this is this is leadership. And again, we're we're moving from leading ourselves to leading other people. And then you know, people just really you know they don't like being stuck and having to make a decision to move forward with you or not any more than you like waiting around for them to do the next step, right? So and again, take yourself as an expert. You have the expertise to unstick them, and that's that's actually really great. Like that's you know, if you have a situation where working with a company is a well-oiled machine. Then that's generally pleasant, and it's 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 a real win-win. Just kind of coming up with process for this kind of stuff, and again, it is process because a lot of the times you solve this for one client, you solve this for a lot of clients, you know. And it's it's kind of taking this you know SOP approach to frequently asked questions and frequently asked you know frequently found sticking points. That's just going to make your business easier to do this time you know, next month when it's, next time is going to happen. And again, the more frequently those situations are found. The bigger the value that you're going to get out of it. So I hope this was helpful. So um, if anything of this resonated with you, I want you to go. Um, if you've got a to-do list or some sort of an app that you take track of these, just see if you can find the oldest item on it. And if it's still important to you, it's still something you want to get done. Ask yourself, you know, what's really holding you back from moving forward? And you know, find a piece of paper and see if you can you can get some progress in doing that. And then um, yeah, let me know how that goes in the comments. And um, yeah, let me know how that goes. Uh, I'll be back with you guys next week for another interview on the Law Firm Growth Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com/podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode.